0: What's up? This is Kulik, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts.
1: Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world.
2: You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. (laughs) Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix?
1: Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Now, our guest today is an up-and-coming musician. He's got a couple albums out, and his new one, I'm I'm actually a big fan of his, his new album uh, called Everyone I Know Will Die. It's, uh, it's a really cool album, very well put together. We're going to talk about this album in specifics in a few minutes, but uh, you can see him out on the road uh, here shortly with uh, April Rose Gabrielli, another amazing artist that if you're not in tune with, you need to get in tune with real soon. April's already been on the show. And so now we're excited to have Kulik here with us today to discuss his music, his backgrounds, and what we can look forward to on his live tour. So Kulik,
0: thank you for joining us on Pop Culture Addicts. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, April was also the best. I can uh, also vouch for that. Uh, yes, I, was yes. smirking, I, I was smirking when you said the album title because... I'm having a, not a problem, but somewhat of a social issue when I'm meeting strangers and they're asking me like, what do I do? And I say, I'm an artist, I'm Kulik and whatever. And I like, go, oh, do you have music out? I'm like, yeah, I have an album out called everyone and know we'll die. And they're just like, all right, talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you
1: look at the time? We got a thing to go catch. Yeah. I'm well, like, it's funny. not what you think. It's not what you think.
2: <laughs> right. And it's funny. is like when I, I started looking into your music and I was listening to it and I'm like, My husband's like have you listened to his album yet i'm like the everyone i know will die he's like yeah i'm like i'm three songs into it he's like and you love it i'm like i feel like it was written for me um (laughs) this is this is great
0: that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I hope. That's what I hope when people listen to it. Yeah, it's not nearly
1: as dark as the uh, the title would entertain. I mean, there's there's some serious topics discussed. I think, but I don't think it's nearly what people are uh, going to see or think when they when they read that title or hear that title.
0: Yeah, I definitely I definitely wanted so, like I didn't do it to like just shock people. I wanted it to be something serious. So when someone listens to it, they're like, you know, they have that thought in the back of their head, or like if you're listening to the songs. If you are looking at the album title at the same time, like you realize that's what I'm kind of thinking the entire time I'm writing all of these,
2: mm-hmm. with the
0: exception of like one song that's on there. But yeah, it's it's very much uh, about that topic. So it was a it was a cool one for me. I've I've always been obsessed with death ever since I had my first panic attack <laughs> so it's so,
2: an interesting time to get obsessed with death <laughs> yeah
0: I mean well my grandfather died and I was like I didn't even under really like I didn't really understand that people died yet uh, and I was like maybe I think I was like 15 like I should have been a more consciously thinking about this and I just like couldn't go to school I was freaking out I only felt good when I slept so I've always been obsessed with it and like I've kind of always been like I always felt like people are brainwashed i'm like how are you not freaking out like why are we just pretending that sports matter and like our jobs matter when like like how come no one's trying to fix this problem there's like only one problem like a huge problem with mm-hmm. you but i'm learning more and more i still don't know the answer i don't think there is one nobody's
1: got the answer but don't feel bad about that <laughs> <laughs> we're well, a lot of us are still over here you know i'm 45 and i'm still doing this <laughs> nope, nope, that that's not the way to go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, still a lot of trial and error. It's
0: it's it's part of the process. So it's this, definitely and that, this, and then it's like evolutions of this. How can we improve this, you know? Right? I kind of go <laughs> exactly. with
2: the, the the video game strategy of the okay, if things are getting harder, I must be going in the right direction because there's got to be a boss battle coming around the corner somewhere, like. If things have gotten easier, I must have gone off the wrong off the path. But. Yeah. The
1: harder and you have to do thing in threes, then you're probably in the right direction. So
2: right? And suddenly you're go there's video. a health potion in front of me and the, oh crap, things are going to get rough. Okay, we can do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry. All right. So cool, let's talk origins because Kathleen and I are, are big nerds. We, we openly admit that. We wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, and so we like to hear about origin stories for our superheroes and our sci-fi you know, uh, people that we follow. But so let's talk about you as a musician. Growing up, what was the influence behind choosing to be a musician as a career? What helped create that desire in you to say, hey, this is what I want to do?
0: So I never really consciously thought about it. It's something that I feel like just happened to me. The story I always tell is basically we had an acoustic guitar, no one played it in my family. And then when I was like 13, I started journaling. And then I started trying to sing those journal entries. And I was writing about like heartache and like, you know, love and uh, bullying and not feeling like I fit in. Like all these things that felt so good when I sang and wrote. So that's kind of what made me start writing. And then like what made, what made it a career for me, I just kept wanting to do it. It became an obsession where I was like, I'm not going to stop doing this. And, and I mean, I had a year of my life when I was older uh, where I didn't write any original music and I was kind of just working like at a music store. It was still music related. And I was working at CBS radio as a broadcast engineer. And that's actually when I met the EVP of RCA and I was like, I better start writing music because like I now know this person and I've always had random demos, but for the most part, I've, I've just always been playing music and I it, it started as a release and is still a release for me. If I don't need that release, I think I would eventually stop making music, but I, I seem to always need it. <laughs>
1: Well, life does seem to throw things at us that help give us that need for release.
0: So it's not even a negative release. It's not even a negative release. It's just uh it's a, it's a similar feeling to me of like, if I am angry and I hit a punching bag for 10 minutes, or if I feel like I want to go for a run for 10 minutes and that, that (sighs) relief afterwards, like Mm -hmm. that, that's what it is. It's so, it's a competition with myself and it's a, it's a really, It's a really therapeutic thing for me, which is a very common answer. Everybody always says, but it's absolutely true.
1: But I get it. It makes sense to me though, because that's part of the reason why I do what I'm doing here and talking with you and and other people. This for me is very much a release where I get to talk with other people and, and because I'm very much story driven, I love to know what makes people tick and what's, you know, what's on the other side of the curtain, so to speak. And so for me, this is very therapeutic and, and I get that release by getting it. Into these sessions and talking with people and and sharing some time and enjoying that time with them, so I completely understand that uh, from that from that uh,
0: level. I mean, not so much the the guitar playing. Do you enjoy the conversation? Because um, like, like my question for you is going to be like. You like you haven't done this like forever type of thing. So like what made you decide that you like doing this? And is it just conversation or is it the recording of the conversation?
1: Well, I, I've always been a talker and I've always liked to talk to people and I've always liked to know, like, like I said, what you know their background was and kind of what makes them tick and what makes their personality the way it was. I got into this kind of secondhandedly because I, after my daughter was in the hospital in in 2019 for, she was in the hospital, she was hospitalized for 97 days with a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. When it came out, my head was a bag of cats. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. And I needed a way to be able to talk to other people and, and, and figure out how to almost release myself back into the wild and talk with people again. But I wasn't sure how to go about it my therapist wanted me to journal. And I laughed at her, No, literally laughed at her. I was like, "Eh, I'm not a writer, that's not going to happen. And so a a friend of mine, uh, who has a, a show called the Curiosity Hour podcast, his name is Tommy Esalen. Tommy suggested that, hey, well, you know, you like to talk, why don't you start a podcast where you talk to people about what they've gone through and what, how they've overcame things and all these different things. And so that's how I got into podcasting. And then it just kind of grew from there. So that show was very much about people's stories and learning about them and and what they went through and, and not even so much what they went through, but how they overcame it and how they're able to move forward with life. And so for me, that's that's where my love of podcasting came from because I, I took that in that same kind of thought process into what I'm doing now uh, with pop culture addicts and funny science fiction podcasts where we sit down and we talk to people who are doing the things out in the pop culture world, but I still want to know what makes them tick. I still want to know,
0: why they do what they do. I think that's way, I wish that was more in mainstream because like this is so much better than talking about something that doesn't matter for 10 minutes and then them using a two minute snippet of that. And then that's what is out there. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I never really went through anything super, super serious up until when April was being hospitalized for epilepsy, which was a brand new diagnosis as well. I wish that people talked more about things that they had to overcome because it would make me not feel so isolated in that. So it's yeah. cool to do this. And I, I never really got it until something shook me, you know, like I was born, mm-hmm. half. I was born with that. That wasn't like a, oh, I need to deal with this, you know, but like, right. I It was the first one that was like, okay, I I'm experiencing something that nobody else understands at all. Or so I, I understand like wanting to uh, talk to other people. And it kind of makes you feel like you're kind of back into society as a normal human being and can actually contribute and not bog other people down on just talking about what you're going through. You can just, you know, and you can also vent every now and then for that too, which is what Mm -hmm. I do. I, I I understand what you're saying because I've I've had weeks and months of that where I'm like I don't want to talk to anybody nobody gets this this is on my mind 24 seven if I stop thinking about this for a second I might miss the opportunity of like figuring it out <laughs> you know <clears throat> so
2: and when, when it is your personal experience and that consumes your every waking thought you do your brain does convince you that you're alone and that nobody else knows what you're going through and nobody else has ever been through this scenario. Even if they haven't been through that very specific scenario, there have been other people who've had loved ones who were hospitalized due to similar issues or even the same issue. And that was, that was a big thing with Tim's, um, with focused on forward. That was something I really enjoyed was, no, you're not alone. You're, you're definitely not alone. I lost my dad in 2020 to Alzheimer's. I'm 29 and I lost my dad almost two years ago to Alzheimer's. Like that's, that's not normal. That's not a normal thing. Somebody in their twenties should have to deal with, but my dad was also 47 when I was born.
0: Yeah. So it's very different, but the thing is the, the feeling I think is very similar. And I think us as a culture and society don't really, it's like two, it's like so far of a spectrum where like one half of me thinks like no one talks about it at all ever. And then the mm-hmm. other half is like, you over baby it. It's like, you gotta right. have middle ground of like, okay, you talk about it for sure. But like, you're not just always living on this side of it or else you'll be depressed. It's like, right. talk about it, bounce back. You know, like you should be in the range. You shouldn't be living all the way over here, ignoring it. And you shouldn't be all the way over here just swallowing yourself in it, you know?
2: Right, right. right. Cause if you ignore it, ignoring it's not going to do anything and ignoring it's not going to help you help somebody else. Yeah. and that's well, the big I, thing that I think we forget as society is that we have to help others yeah
1: and I think you know it's a lot like anything in life if you're too far right or you're too far left you're you're just too far you have to come back towards the middle and find find the middle
0: ground in between the situations so like when, it, when we talk about missing everybody's missing that right now in general everything yeah everything it's like where are the balanced people where are the where or, or oh, they or, are so few and far between right now. That or is everybody quiet? Because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it I gave up or is it there's a lot of people that are in the middle and balanced, but they're just quiet because this is so loud and there's no room for this. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of a lot of the balanced
1: people are getting drowned out by the louder voices on the fringe, and I think that's definitely a thing because whether now whether we're talking about. When it comes to the stigmas that are attached to mental health and talking about mental health and, and you know, moving forward with those things, or it's talking about the things that, that people battle with each and every day, you know, anxieties, depressions, things along those lines, there's always somebody who's on the outside fringe, who's making the people who are more towards the middle, more centered, feel like they have to not speak up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things I've always really appreciated about you, in fact, is that the the few interviews that i've seen about with you and and even the time that I, we we were both on three geeks podcast a while yeah. back and even on that you were very open and and upfront with your own struggles with with different things and how you've moved forward with them so i think that that's a very good thing as well you know because again we have to break down those barriers we have to break down those stigmas that are attached to those things because we don't move forward without conversation
0: yeah i'm just i'm really sick of seeing things um how would i how would i say this i'm sick of seeing people do it in a fake way because it's mm-hmm. trendy now to do Yeah, it's like, i can't stand that i can't stand it like it makes me so angry to see that but um yeah i'm just trying to be completely transparent and uh i'm trying to be a loud middle person yeah, that's, that's all I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to, and, and it sucks when you're in the middle, because if you're in the middle, if you say anything that leans one way, they'll just be like, okay, you're over here now. Okay. You're over right. here. Now, you know, Yeah. Same thing, with, label. same thing with politics, same thing with any, any, any topic you give me, you know? So I'm just completely blatantly honest. And, you know, I hope one day to be popular enough to be canceled that that's the way it happens. That <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a, you know, that's one hell of a goal. I love it. Cause I love people. I'm compassionate. I, I, I want to talk to people awesome. about what they're, you know? So it's like, if, if, if something gets, everything's just so loud and, and spun a certain way right now. And it's like, you know, if you can't see through that, I think that's your fault at this point, because it's not going to change. So, right. And there's so
2: many, it feels like there's so many absolutes to everything right now too with the, well, you don't just, you don't agree with me. So you disagree with me. It's like, no,
0: like we live in a very gray world. Very gray. Like, you know, like why are you pretending it's like black, white over here? It's like, there is so much, so many shades of gray. Go so back many. into
2: our grayscale. It'll be okay. But you know, it's funny.
0: Every person that I talk to, and I don't know if it's just because it's who I am, and then they kind of adjust to how I'm talking about it. But they kind of agree. They're all like, "Yeah, well, I don't think that way." Like nobody actually thinks that way. It's just
2: the it's loud how voices how are the ones who send it to you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's the loud voices on the on the outside that are getting more of the the FaceTime, the camera time, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, so,
0: loves it. i mean you want to listen i can talk about this because i mean i try to not be like the old bitter like weathered musician in like talking about this stuff but it's the same thing with music it's like you're
2: 30 you are old and bitter and weathered yeah (laughs) i I, you know i guess so
0: i guess you just be who i am right but no like it's like it's the same thing with music it's the same thing with social media and the and the algorithm it's like if you're the loudest if you i mean it's just it's what makes people interact more. It's what makes people right. send people mm-hmm. people comment and like. So I'm not about competing in that. I would literally rather not be successful than have to do something right. that would be out of character. <clears throat> yeah.
1: No, that's, Absolutely.
0: I feel much the same. And honestly, that's one of the
1: reasons why I stepped away from focused on forward, because I felt that there was. There were so many voices crowding out that sector that I was trying to have conversations in that the voices that I was trying to amplify with those conversations were were not getting the attention they deserved. Yeah. And with everything else I had going on in life too, it was it was one of the easier channels to to cut free because I could I also felt that I could do some of that same type of conversation in this show and, yeah. and have like what we're doing right now and, and having some
0: of that same conversation. So mm-hmm. uh it, it made sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of it's funny. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like customer service right now. It's like whoever's the loudest <laughs> and complains the most, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you get the attention. <laughs> cool. You're not wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate calling people to complain in order to get what I need. You know, your internet or cable bill goes up. You know, and you have to call and be like, "Oh, oh that's the worst." Another service, or unless you, you know, that kind of yeah. Like, <laughs> Anyway, I don't know how we got on that
2: topic. No, it, it's that's totally fine.
1: <laughs> we meander a lot in this show, so it's not a big deal. We have we have ideas of what we're going to talk about when we get started, but we meander a lot, so no, no worries.
0: Yeah. I love that. I honestly love that. It, that's what a po- that's what a true podcast should do. It should be kind of you know exactly maneuvering. maneuvering you hit the it. you hit the drift and you go with it. That's we, right.
2: Yeah, we go with the flow. Yeah. So you mentioned that you started playing guitar because your family had an acoustic guitar that nobody really played. Mm -hmm. My husband still has his first guitar. Um, he, I had to ask him, it's an old harmony Stratocaster copy and it needs some work to be playable again, but he still has it. So other than that acoustic, what was your first guitar and what is your go-to guitar for writing or performing?
0: My first guitar was this one on the very end right here. (laughs) (laughs) It was an Ariana. Um, I actually started with drums, I will say. So I started with the drum set, um, I think being deaf, I just really like the loudness of that. And then but you can't write songs and drums. So I started playing with that. Um, my go-to guitar for touring and for writing is that Taylor 314 CE. It's what it's called. I bought it when I was working at a Sam Ash with the employee discount. And I've toured everywhere with that. That was my first tour, sleeping with Sirens. I love that guitar. Awesome. Um yeah. I mean, I love Fender, like the Fender Acoustasonic behind me. I also love, but mm-hmm. it's just, not. I haven't had it long enough to make that. It's so weird, but you really make bonds with the instruments. Like oh, yeah. you have to do things with them. Like you have to like experience the world with them.
2: <laughs> you you get the the feel of the, the difference. I mean, I, when my husband and I first got together and he's like, I have all of these guitars. I'm like, why, why do you have so many? And it's the, well, this one's good for this and this one's good for that. And it's, and I'm like, You're nuts, but okay.
0: Half of it's it's in excuse, but the other half is real. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm the same way. I could definitely go with just one or two, but I'm like, well, the 12 string will be good if I ever have to do this. (laughs) Right,
2: right. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I bought him an acoustic for our sixth wedding anniversary. And he absolutely loves it. Like that's his go-to when our daughter's like, dad, play a song because small house acoustic. Um, Typically he uses his Epiphone Explorer for everything else. But our three-year-old has taken up drums and wants to play drums and I'm all for it. Like have at it. She's got a toddler sized drum set that's out in our garage. I got her 5A size sticks so that they're the right size for her. And she just goes animal out there. And I'm like, go and be creative and have fun. And I love it.
1: There's a very John Bonhamish video of her banging on the drums and it's adorable. There you go.
0: To see it, it yeah great. we're actually um we're uh i have a song coming out uh in june that i didn't really say anything about but we have content for that as well that i'm going to be releasing and there's like a snippet of me playing the drums when i was i was a, i was definitely older than five but it reminds me of the same thing
2: that's awesome it's
0: very that's interesting. awesome
2: yeah. and i love the i mean i come from a musical family my mom my, my grandmother was an opera singer my mom plays percussion in an adult wind band she was in choir. She was a music major in college. And so to see this music in my daughter, I'm like, yay, it's there. And it's awesome. But yeah, totally animal from the Muppets. Like that is her current (laughs) drumming style, which is fantastic. (laughs)
1: It's, it's fun to watch, especially because her her daughter's adorable. Um, I'm a little biased, but just because I have a lot of access to her, but she's uh, uncle Tim. Oh, there's that. I am lovable uh, for some people, anyway. Uh, but uh, yeah, she's just—it's—it's it's totally fun to watch. The little—the little snarl in her nose. She's really getting into it. You know, she's just—it's a lot of fun. That's mm-hmm. not That's not oh, yeah. That just happened. And
2: she—she's discovered that the kick drum isn't scary. That has now suddenly become her favorite. So she will stand there and just like full bore stomp on it. And I'm like, "You got it, girl. You go, go and." explore and express your tiny self.
0: It is the most important drum, I will say. (laughs) It really is. Um, Need the kick drum, for sure. You really
2: do. You really do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So in in 2020, you released the album Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood. You followed that up this year with another release, Everyone I Know Will Die. Now, both of them, I enjoy both of them, but I enjoy them for very different reasons. And we talked a little bit about this when we were on Three Geeks together. Um, but I wanted, I was hoping we could talk a little bit more about it today. To me, yelling always has always felt like it was a collection of songs, just kind of packaged together without any real connection that they were just, and I could be completely wrong on this and I probably am, but it's still a good listen and it's an enjoyable listen, Mm -hmm. but on everyone I know will die. It seems that the songs are are much more thought out and there, there's a a method to your madness and how the songs were recorded and placed on, uh, you know in in the track listing and to me it seems like a much more tightly recorded album and the overall experience as a listener for me is more enjoyable and i and i have enjoyed it so much more so is there a difference in the approach between how you put together yelling and how you put together everyone i know will
0: die it was so different it's really interesting that you bring that up um it was so different yelling in a quiet neighborhood was a breakup record was it was still pretty much in chronological order of when I wrote it okay, Uh, from start to finish, which is the same as Everyone in No Will Die. It was also pretty much chronological order besides one song on Everyone in No Will Die. When I was making uh, Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood, I was living in my brother's basement. I was producing everything by myself. Um, Really stressful time period. I wasn't trying to make a package being like, this is what I want this album to sound like. It was like, this is a single, this is a single, this is a single. I'm going to put it all in one. And then to make it sound a little more cohesive, we went to Capitol studios in California and we got a drummer to drum on all of them. And I recorded and mixed with one guy there named Chris. He was a super talented mixing engineer. So that was that record. Everyone I know will die. I wrote most of it when I was, running, having panic attacks in the hospital or here while April was recovering after seizures. And I didn't even really have time to record much. So I would record a really rough demo. And then I would send it to our friend and Kevin Eisenman, who's a producer as well, by night. He never, he's still like, is like afraid to say that he's a producer, but he totally is. (laughs) And I'd be like, here's the song I want to do. Can you work on this a little bit and send me it back? So he would get really good guitar tones. The structure would be there. The song would be there for him and everything, but he would really just tighten it up. Then he would send it back to me. I'd add a little bit more of what I wanted, finish the vocals. And that's how we did the entire record, including one that was written a while ago, but we reproduced it in that style. And I also consciously was like, when I make this record, I want to make an alternative, heavier record. I want it to be the exact same style every single song. So it's interesting that you picked up on that and appreciated it that way because I was worried that that might be boring. Like even for the next album, I'm thinking I might go more obscure. I might not do such a specific... Uh, I mean, it's still going to be alternative pop because that's what I make, but it's sure. not going to be specifically like we use the same drum kit. We use the same guitars. We use the same vocal processing for every single song on the album. Everyone know will die. Whereas whatever the song called for on yelling a quiet neighborhood, that's what we did. So okay. I could have, I mean, it could have like waiting for you on yelling a quiet neighborhood is like, that could be a Justin Bieber song. And then the way I am on yelling a quiet neighborhood could have been on everyone. I know will die. Yeah. You know? with the rock guitars so yeah i'm i'm yeah, the only reason i'm really interested about that is because i'm thinking about the next album and i have a collection of songs that i want to make the, the record already i have them but i'm trying to decide do i produce them all in a certain way or do i just do it the way that each song i think might want to sound like so that's that's interesting no you, that's you really cool something to think about <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool i i it's it's cool for me to know that,
1: you know, that, that I wasn't uh, far off. Um, and yeah. I like, like I said, I like both albums. I like the approach to both albums, but there's, there's a definite, you know, you can tell that when you listen to, to artists, especially as they grow as an artist and and you know what they're doing. I love it when an artist is not afraid to take the chances and they're not afraid to do something different in their you know their sophomore album from their from their first one and then and as that continues on my favorite bands are the ones that continue to grow my favorite artists are the ones that continue to grow they do different things they try different things and so to know that that was part of your process to me is kind of cool and i it also is exciting to me to know that that's something you're thinking about already for your next album and that gives me something to look forward to cuz now i'm like ooh how is he going to do it i'm excited i want to know what i want to know what it does
0: yeah it's interesting because i have two things coming up The one that's coming out in June, it will be similar to what somebody might have heard from me, but maybe a little bit heavier. And the thing after that is really cool, but it is not anything that sounds like anything I've ever recorded before. And there's a feature on it, which is like really cool with this person that I can't say anything about, but that's going to be freaking cool. And so I'm trying to decide, you know, when the actual album comes out after that, what do I want that to sonically sound like? Do I want to just stay in the alternative lane? And I I, I really like, I like doing the service to the song. If the song mm-hmm. is like, you know, it needs to be, like Waiting Few is always an example I use. Like, it's not like a really popular song, but like that song was like a triumph of love. So it was like, all right, all these big string parts, you know, like I rarely put strings in my songs. But for that one, I was like, that's what that should be, you know? Mm-hmm. So Perfect. yeah, I'm really interested did you got? Do you know who? Have you ever heard of Manchester Orchestra? Love them. April showed me an album by them called *The Black Miles at the Surface*, yes. and I loved that album. And I listened to that album like four times through now. And I, I, I am leaning towards going that direction for one album,
2: Ooh.
0: where because I mean, my music when I started, everyone, everyone who, anyone who knows me, Kulik started with like Ghost, Colors, and all in my head. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very polished RCA producer sounding songs are, mm-hmm. I started with acoustic singing. Like that's what I actually started writing with. So it'd be interesting to show people a little bit more of that.
1: I am very curious now. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm
0: excited about that. All right. So you said Manchester, did you, have you ever listened to bad books? I've never listened to Manchester orchestra at all until literally a month and a half ago when April said, okay. She was like, there's this album called the black mile to the surface. And it's about a coal mining town. And I know that you're from a town that used to mine coal and I I listened to it. And I was like, this is like exactly what my upbringing was. And the dude, wrote it. he literally wrote it because he said there was no tough times going on in his life. So he wanted to write about something else. So he visited this town. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like that's insane to me but no what what is what what do you what is, is that another album of theirs? So,
1: no bad books it, so the lead singer of manchester orchestra has a secondary band called bad books it's a very it's tonally it's very different and but still very very cool they do a lot of acoustic stuff they do um, But it's not
0: a solo project it's not a solo project it's like no no it's
1: it's a completely different band hmm. um but yeah you should definitely check out bad books don't write it down <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh two of, a couple of my favorite songs by them are on one album, uh Bad Books 2. Uh there's the song called "Forrest Whitaker, which I came to learn of the band Bad Books through the show TV show How I Met Your Mother. It was uh, one of the songs that was played in one of the episodes. And then another song is called "Peter," but it's it's uh it, it's a really cool song. Uh, it's about Catherine the Great and the uh, the Tsar of Russia, Peter, and him catching her having an affair. Dude, really storytelling
0: so stuff, man. That's insane. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it's really cool. So one half of the song is told from Peter's perspective, and the other half is told from Catherine's perspective, Very and cool. it's just, yeah, I don't want to tell you anymore because it's going to don't ruin the, rest of the song. Yeah, but it's
0: really, really, really cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more into. I'm trying to get more into them. So yeah, you might like that then.
2: So you've been pretty busy over the last few years with at least four releases of your own two albums two eps since 2018 that's what i could find anyway
1: that's right i believe that's correct yeah
2: plus you've helped write and produce with other artists like april like you were talking about Mm -hmm. you've weathered a global pandemic you've turned 30 you've gone on tour in the middle of a global pandemic we missed you when you were in michigan so you have to come back so we can see you but so what have you, what have you learned about life and being an artist in that time that you wish that you had known when you were starting out? So the advice that would you you would give to yourself 10 years ago, if you could go back in time.
0: I always try to say I would never change anything, but if I was really like, you know, nothing else mattered in my life, like no relationships, like just music. Like I would definitely say grind more. Like I didn't understand when I was younger, the importance of like playing live shows. I didn't have a band even created until I was signed. Like I got signed and it was like, I need a band. Cause I'm going on tour,
2: mm.
0: you know, like I, I had a cover band, but I didn't really, didn't really have a Kulik band. So I would definitely, uh, have been trying to be a part of more scenes i'm very introverted and i didn't even understand what a scene was <laughs> i was like I, d- I don't get that at all but i definitely would uh suggest for myself as a younger person or anybody who's even trying to do music now to get out and try to play more shows and meet more people because the networking everyone used to always tell me like oh you have to network and i'm like networking to me just sounds like all the popular kids in high school that i fucking needed so freaking
2: right. <laughs> high school was the worst, so hard. <laughs> high school is the worst. I, that there's nothing wrong with swearing about high school. <laughs> you
0: yeah, know, I've, I've had there's an anger had, point there. There's an anger point there.
1: <laughs> I've had so many people say, Oh man, I wish I could just go back to high school. And I'm like, Why? No, I'd rather be in my early 20s again before high school twice.
0: If I went back to high school, the only reason I'd want to go back is one to write more music and two to not care what anybody thought because I would do other things that would have benefited me like I would have been in track and field because I love doing that stuff I would have been in band and choir but I was like too picked on to keep doing that you know I would have right put those different things and I uh, only because I based it off of hey if I don't do this I might not get picked on today so I'm just gonna yeah
2: <laughs> you know. no sure yeah I Honestly, get that like I got I got added to a 10-year class reunion uh, Facebook page right at the beginning of the pandemic with the hey class of 2010, our our reunion, our 10-year reunions this year. I have never been so grateful for the world to shut down than to have a reason <laughs> to not have to see them all again.
0: That's so funny because I also graduated in 2010 and I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't, I haven't looked into yeah, it. I've never like, been
2: the class president started the the Facebook group with the, Hey, we're going to start getting stuff together for, for our 10, re- 10 year reunion. And I'm like, no, I talked to like three of you. I wonder if that's just the high
0: school experience or if like, well, where, where are you guys located? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. So it's not then because for, I, I just always think like Pennsylvania is a lot of people. Uh, not supporting each other it seems a lot so I thought maybe it was just a state thing but it's definitely not <laughs> no yeah, it's it's
2: the, a it high might school be a thing. midwest thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's just a high school thing to be honest with you I think that people going through you know high school are there's so much going on mentally and emotionally in a, in a teenager's mind I say this now you know from not only the the retrospect of having been a teenager so long ago but also having three teenagers
0: mm-hmm
1: you know, and seeing what they've gone through and how high school has treated them and what they've, you know, all these different things. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. Like I said, it's funny to me when people say, yeah, I, I love, I wish I could go back to high school. I'm like, no, I, have high school to, my opinion, schooling, you know, has only gotten worse,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the, the, what people are going through because now there's the technology and there's different ways to bully people and all these different things that, you know, all these different channels and things.
2: And public schools are so focused on test results, because test results are what get them funding. They're not concerned about actually teaching the child. It has nothing to
1: do with education. It's
0: I don't even think that even matters to kids, though. I, I think maybe when people say that, they just mean they would go back to high school, meaning uh, they miss the, the freedom of not worrying about the everyday adult things. Like that, I understand. Right. Yeah, I get, I get that to some degree yeah but besides that now you're wrong
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah
1: i always i always that and i always find it interesting you mentioned the the, the whole facebook thing i always find it interesting with the people that i didn't talk to or interact with in high school because i didn't like them then send me facebook friend requests now and it's like i can't wait to you know i giggle as i hit the decline (laughs) (laughs) new
0: I honestly feel sad. I feel bad for people because there's people that reach out to me and they're, you know, it's people I've never talked to in school and they're like, oh, I remember you in school. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing or whatever. And like, I kind of like just like glance through their photos and I'm like, yeah, just, uh, just another one of these. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just like, you know, like I, I wish I could help you uh, find something more special in your life if that makes sense like it's not I don't think poorly of them it's that I feel sad because I'm like I really just hope that you know you may have been mean in high school but like it seems like nothing has progressed since then and that makes me like it, it's very interesting in my brain because half of me is like wants to be like Ah, uh, you deserve that. And the other half is like, ah, you were just a kid. Who knows? Maybe your freaking dad harped on you. Maybe you didn't have a good home. Like, yeah. I have no idea. So, right. Yeah. It, it's tough. You know, the ones I don't get, though, are the rich ones. <laughs> the rich bully is the one that I'm like, bah. I don't care if your dad's never home <laughs> you don't have right? to struggle and you don't have the perspective of struggle so you know like I was roofing at 13 years old so I understand what a blue-collar job is like I right I in there you're, no
2: your your dad bought you a car for your 16th birthday brand new off the lot yeah,
0: that, that year space. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly exactly when you
2: crashed it six months later he bought you a new one yeah i'm not specifically thinking of one person that i went to high school with
1: yeah right. i think we all just had flashbacks i was thinking about somebody in high school so
2: all
0: right I was thinking uh, about somebody with a friend who's my friend he's still my friend he's my great friend but he he was, he, has, he has the perspective now but back in high school i was like dude you don't even understand how great you have this but you will i hope yeah exactly
2: the world will come crashing down around you at some point
1: all right, Kulik, we, uh, we're we on to our, our final question of the night for you. And we call it our silly question. So you can answer this as serious or silly as you see fit. All right. So, so here it is. I'm nervous. I don't like this
2: setup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. It's, it's not, not like on our other show. Our other show, we put people through a quiz.
1: We put them through a <laughs> quiz. And, and uh, if you fail, we make a meme out of you and put you in our Facebook group. So, uh, but Glad here we just show. ask... Here we just ask you a silly question, and it's really not that difficult. Okay. So I, it, yeah. So if you were a t-shirt, if Kulik was a t-shirt, what color would you be,
0: and what would the shirt say? It'd be a black t-shirt, and there'd be nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, and there's no reason. There's really no reason other than that's what I've always... I mean, I've identified as a plain black t-shirt for a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you and my son yeah. nolan would get along phenomenally i just want to say that because
0: yeah anything with a logo or anything on he's like yeah well how about that just black one over there i'll just wear that i still have issues like this was this was a leap today you know and we all were all very color-coded for your logo so you're welcome for that but that is
2: pretty cool look at us yeah,
0: but, but um no like i still have issues now where i have all these different shirts that i try to wear i'm like oh that one's cool and that's a cool one and then i wake up the next day and i go to the drawer and i'm like. I'm just too self-conscious about this. I'm just going to throw on the black pants and the black shirt again for two reasons. One, I don't know what I'm supposed to look like in clothing. I have a weird identity thing. And two, because I feel so strange around normalcy that I'd rather just wear the black on black and like kind of fit in. <laughs> I don't want to also have a reason for someone to come up to me like, I love your shirt. And like, oh, I got to talk to you,
2: <laughs> right? If I wear black, they're going to look scary and they won't talk to me.
0: Yeah. You know, that's something April always says, you know, she's like, you got the stone face about you you have this thing about you that you're very unapproachable. And I'm like, yes. Yay! Mission accomplished. She, like, she loves, she loves the extroversion and the talking. I'm like, no, no. So <laughs>
2: plain means- black
0: t-shirt, a little bit tight, a little bit smaller on the arms, long, a little bit long as well. That is so,
2: so me and my husband, his, his clothing <laughs> drawer is half black and I am very much the, but people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can't do it. I don't know if it's from the deaf thing, like being half deaf and not wanting to talk to people. Uh, I, I don't know what it's from, but yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit better at that though. For for shows, I'm still wearing black, but you know, today I we'll wore yellow, so, but That's I saw that right. no one. Well, that goes with everything, so.
2: That's
0: true. Black and is pretty
2: big. Cool. Like, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Where can um, our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and what you've got coming up?
0: Sure. You can go to KulikOfficial.com, K-U-L-I-C-K Official.com. Um, all the social media, every single outlet will have the same exact content because I just share it to every single outlet. And my website is pretty much just getting you back to those socials. So <laughs> that's awesome. where I'm at. Spotify, YouTube, all that, wherever you can listen to music as well.
2: Awesome. Well, we will definitely link your website and your YouTube channel so that our viewers can find you.
0: Yes. Thank you guys
1: so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we also want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help our show continue to grow and get amazing guests like Kulik here today to come on and talk with us and uh, have these great conversations for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps well more than we can ever really describe. And remember, kids, pop culture, it's all around you. It influences every single part of our lives. So make sure you come back next week because we're going to have your fix waiting right here for you on Pop Culture Addicts. Thanks, thanks Kulik. Yeah, see you later. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at Show. You can also email us at Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at pcapodshow at gmail.com.